Welcome back to another episode of the Roll Blog Podcast. We are back after a delay, and today we will talk about buffalo chicken dip with raisins, Mountain Dew, and Andy in a cage. Bear with us. And what the heck is up, everyone? Whew, I know it's good for you to hear my voice right now. This is CapX15, your captain speaking. And we are back in business on the Roll Blob podcast. I'm here with Andrew Piccarillo. I'm here with Cooper Ledford, the legends. Fellas, it is good to hear your voices. It is good to talk to you. It's good to see you. You both look great, per usual. Um, Andy, I'm sure it's all that jaw exercises you've been doing. You look phenomenal. I'm sure it's all those. Uh, you know, we'll get into why we've been gone for so long, but you look great. Well, thanks, man. I'm really glad. I've been working on this jawline for quite a bit, uh, two months actually, and it's finally finally starting to see some progress. Got a, got a new training program going. Chewing the weighted gum, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Cooper Ledford, you know we normally don't do this anymore. You know this is kind of old school, but I'm feeling it for the you know reminiscent vibes. How the how are you? I, I want to know how you're doing. Uh, I'm doing good. You know, no one's complimented my jaw, so I'm a little like not yet sensitive. Yeah, yeah, I guess the podcast did just start, but I too have silently been working on it, chewing the weighted gum as well, and doing exercises, uh, sleeping with mouthpieces, everything like exercises. that. Exercises, and yeah. no one's mentioned it. So, well, um, you know, it's it's early. We're just getting started. We just cracked true. it open. We just cracked open the cold ones. We're just getting it started. I guess if anyone sees me out in public, at least mention it. Yeah, go a long way. When you've lost like 20 pounds and it's like good enough to mention, yeah. I, I think that right. we're definitely at that level where it's noticeable enough. Right, right. Right. I just didn't want to be weird. I didn't want to weird you out when I saw it. So, but I did notice it. Okay. Beard oh, also that makes looks me feel better. Thank I you. did so notice fellas, it. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, stop. Hype him up, Andy. Quit. We're here for the vibes. So, boys, so we are back in business. Like, as you, as we are doing right now, as you, I'm sure you know, we're recording a podcast, um, which we haven't done in some time. Uh, you know, about what, two months? It's been about, it's been a little over two months since we last released an episode. Yeah, like Since Memorial you've been Day. gone. <laughs> wow, that's, that's a grip. <laughs> this summer's flown by. It's literally almost August. What the fuck? <laughs> summer break. And it stinks because, like, we didn't do anything notable. Like, nothing's been going on. We've just been out there just, you know, living the fucking mundane life, you know? Yeah. You know how we are. We're very boring people. And we're in the machine. We're stuck in it. I mean, pe- pe- people have asked me, like, what all, like, why have we re- released an episode in a while? Like, yeah. what all you've been doing? What's the next one coming out? So, I, we appreciate the love there. Appreciate you, uh, like, tuning in. And we appreciate that we can impact your day in a way that you all want more of, of it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I just wanted to go on a little, uh, explain, explain a little bit of what, why we have not released an episode. So, Cap and Coop have been on standby. They've been ready. They've been locked in. Mm-hmm. They have been ready to record this next episode. They kept texting me. 
and I haven't been responding because I've been a little busy. What I was doing so Andy, was. So, so I've, I've been in the freaking Zoom chats this entire time. Yeah, yeah, you sent those Zoom chats. I've just been just, in the lobby. Like, We've just been, been in the lobby hanging talking. out. Yeah, for two months. Just yeah, waiting the, for you. Like the, This Zoom call started on May 29th. <laughs> but, just waiting to be accepted in the lobby. We're just waiting. But I was a little preoccupied because I had to tell the Pink Penguin joke twice, and I just finished. <laughs> so now we're ready to start, start the next episode. Now that Imagine I'm done with that. finishing on a podcast. Could be handy. <laughs> so for her 584th birthday... <laughs> <laughs> you make <laughs> I'm tired of this grandpa. It's too damn bad. I love it here. Thanks, mom. My uh, mama cat is coming out bringing snacks. Mm. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Hey. White claw and salsa. All right. Oh, buffalo chicken dip. I stand corrected. Right. <laughs> How do you fuck that one up? <laughs> there's, there's no fucking that up, man. Buffalo chicken dip always needs I don't care what your recipe is. I don't care if you throw raisins in it. I don't give a fuck. Can't, does not mess. All right, you heard it here first. Cap X is a fan of buffalo chicken dip with raisins. A new recipe dropping know soon. <laughs> if there's Follow ever a reason to land this motherfucker in jail, it's that. We should start a Roblox cooking channel. <laughs> Raisins and fucking buffalo chicken dips. And God, we fucking suck. Have you ever thought about that? We're the worst. We're the vein of human existence. Bro, like when I was in Zintas, bro, low-key a couple times, I knew people knew who I was, and I was like, they think I'm the vein of the fucking earth, bro. <laughs> they think I'm a fucking idiot. Well, whatever, whoever has, like, the lowest opinion of you, times that by 10, and that's what they think of Andy. I never got, like, okay, here's what sums up the whole experience for me. So we get these seats, section 103, I think it was. Yeah, right there, and right on the floor. Right, basically courtside, just one little section over. Right. And Pat texts our group like the day like a, a couple hours before the game and he's like hey they're offering to move our section because our view is going to be blocked and the last two seats you couldn't see all but half of the court because of the target score thing that they put up right so uh That's me good. and Haley go down there and she can't <laughs> see anything and I kept asking like you want to move and she's like no I'm fine and so we sat there the first game and I could see half the court and second half, it was zip them up side of the floor. So I'm like, okay. And it was a blowout. I didn't need to see the other team on offense because they had no offense. So I'm like, okay, I'm cool with it. Not so missing then the second game I'm sitting in the second row, a little higher up, I can see the whole floor. And then at halftime, uh, Larry, shout out, Larry comes up to me and says, will you please trade me seats? And I say, uh, yeah, what's up? And I was sitting next to my boy Ahmad, and he's like, "I can't, I can't take it down there. I can't do it." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, well, whatever." And so then I go down there, and I figure out why. And it's none other than Andy Piccarillo over here going berserk. The usher is staring at him all game long, literally both of them. Then at one point, he's like, "I mean, he's completely animated." 
at like any little thing, any blown call, any, any. Yeah. And then Pat grabs him by the jersey and says, hey, calm down for a minute. They're on their walkie talkies. So then I had to be Andy's pullback coach. So whenever he would jump off the seat and I swear there were a couple of times where I'm like, he's going to stand on the scorer's table. Like he's going to do it. And I had to grab him by the jersey and pull him back. Then I'm like, okay, that's why Larry didn't want it. But I enjoyed it. Like I felt like I was, I felt like I was part of the game and I felt like I was part of the CentOS Center, like Usher crew. I'm like, okay, I'm kind of like, liaison between Andy and the ushers like I I'm responsible yeah. for like containing you in the middle man. exactly yeah. and I like that Andy is literally the sixth man like he is the voice of what's going on in the game like he will oh, yeah. literally react to every single thing that happens there wasn't one free throw one anything where I did not hear Andrew D. Piccarillo uh, I mean like, and that's that's all that I need are the Andy stories. That's all that I need is the Andy update, what happened, what the vibe was, because I could hear it very clearly. But I didn't – I wasn't there. You know what I mean? It's different. It's a different experience. So the first game, like, we're going crazy. Like, I mean, we're, we're painting for God's sake. Uh, exactly. So, like, you know, they saw the they, – they saw five motherfuckers come in pain, and they're like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Like, they're, they're here. <laughs> is it time to ruin Sprint Day already? <laughs> <laughs> and so literally, like, three buckets into the game, uh, they come over like you. You have what well, you can't stand while they're playing. You have to sit down. And apparently, there was like some like senator's wife behind us, someone like actually important. So like, you know, I really made sure that she could see everything. So what I started okay. to do was instead of like after every bucket, instead of standing, I like dove on the floor and got on my knees and started cheering from there. That's true. That's one hundred percent true. But the best part of this whole story that he left out was the usher and keep in mind this literally is like 45 seconds into the first game they say hey you can't stand when they're playing and he said i'm here to have a good time they said yeah but people behind you can't see and andy i swear said it's not my fault i paid more than they did for the tickets (laughs) and no, I didn't know that was <laughs> someone important's wife. I had no clue. She was mad um, during the sideline cancer game, like crunch time, everyone's standing. And then she's, she, someone related to her is like telling us to sit down. I'm like, dude, the whole stadium's standing up. Like, yeah. you can leave, whatever. She that's shouldn't the, come back. I'm going to find out who, game. I'm going to find out who her husband is and vote against him. So that's my plan. And um, where where is it going with that? Uh, Rashid Gaston was behind us I as saw well, that. so he got to experience uh, life from the other side. Um, yeah, it's it, not better. It, it was nice. We it have a nice. lot of stories to unpack about your system, so about your guys' section of the stadium, because like, okay, so I need to know the Andy vibes real quick before we jump into the next story, which is the Marcus Keene story. What? So what were the vibes of Andy Coop? You saw both. From one to NIT, NIT being a 10, what was, that? What was Andy at? Okay, I would say just because of the location of our seats, it was equal to oh the first God. game we went to. That's and amazing. it was because, I mean, we're basically on the floor there. and You guys were loud fuck. I could hear it, everything you guys said. Yeah, and then, like, thing the ushers are watching him of course they remember his face they remember his voice like they know him and 
uh, like they're watching him the whole game, and they're like, okay, this guy really needs to calm down. Then after the game, he runs onto the court, and you guys chest bump, and then they're probably like, what the hell? Like, he knows him. How? Like, the guy who's actually associated with the team. Yeah. Yeah, the guy who like gets now. announced before the game as the general manager. And Andy, I'm proud of Andy. Not once did he tell the ushers, I know the manager. Because I would have. The lady behind us would have. Pitch on the manager. <laughs> I love it. Andy, it's not my fault I paid more than them is my favorite. Fucking, I'm here to have a good time. I mean, it, it was legendary. And then the next game, he's – you're signing his chest on ESPN. I mean, that is the coolest thing we've ever done. Honestly, like, a, how have we not talked about that yet? Like, you signing my tit. <laughs> it's just Robbie Humble talking about how great the environment was and me just fucking signing your fucking nipple. <laughs> Dude, it's funny to you because you're just lifting your shirt up. I didn't even think about it. It was no hesitation. <laughs> it was just like BJ with that three. I just fucking sent it. I wouldn't even think twice about it. It just was natural. I mean, I guess I was born to sign your titty. I don't fucking know. But I just got to tell you, I fucking love you for bringing the energy, man, because I know it's a lot of energy you bring to the table, and I told you, man, hey, we're going to need you. We're going to need that Andy D. Pickerel energy, and I love you for bringing it, because you were a psychopath in NIT, and it really, really pleases me to hear that you were the same way for TBT. We think of the NIT and the TBT the same way. I don't care what any ushers say about you. There's probably an usher group chat where you're probably like on a, you know, dartboard. But I'm the cover I photo. I don't give a flying fuck. Oh, yeah, this is really funny. The zip them up. I think I showed you guys this. The zip them up group chat. JP changed it to my face from like five years ago in the Navy. Like <laughs> He changed the, the zip them up team group chat photo to my face. From like six years ago when I was in the Navy, just me, just a blank face, like just meep, a meep face. I was like, JP, you're a fucking idiot. Like, dude, I'm CapEx 15. I started this shit by having a fucking seven burner accounts. And now it's just crazy that we're here. You know what I mean? Is, is it crazy that this shit's actually going on? Like now that we get to fucking unpack it, we're out of the moment. It's just crazy to me that this shit actually occurred. Like that was real. Oh, yeah. It's insane to me. Like, we made the CentOS Center ushers work in the summer. In On July 11th, we had CentOS ushers hating their fucking lives. In normal summers, they'd be with their wives at home, probably at some lake house. Mm-hmm. But on July 14th, they had to deal with Andy Piccarillo's psycho fucking ass for 40 minutes. And can I say that Leah was fucking awesome. I mean, I heard her just, you know, yelling at players about, her, about their socks. You know, it was. <laughs> It was very, very loud. I mean, you guys fucking brought it. You guys brought it to a whole – it would have been good without that. I mean, the BJ shot, people still would have been loud. But you guys brought it to a whole other level. I will say um, I was at the Kenwood Town Center in the food court, and they have, like, this big TV that shows really just, like, sports highlights and stuff like that. And they break it down by team. Like, it'll have a whole segment of Reds highlights and Ohio State stuff, then Xavier stuff, and it shows the boom up. And I was – sitting there and Andy was on there in the background I mean probably 10 15 times I mean every shot like you could see him in the background as like usually the only one standing just going berserk after like a routine layup or something but um Andy your face is all over Kenwood Town Center Andy is synonymous with Zip'em Up Andy is as visible a person 
not even player. He is as visible a person as associated with Zip Him Up. If you, you go you to our, our Zip Up. Yeah, the website. Uh, you go to someone, our Zip Up team page. Uh, the first game where Nasty Natty or whatever is playing, um, one of their fans tapped Andy on the shoulder and said, hey, is this you? And it was a <laughs> the photo of him from the Zip Him Up website. Yeah. He is literally the cover photo of our team page. He's all over everything. Like, Andy has been – he's branded. He's Brandy. He's been branded with our entire team, Brandy Picarillo. Like, bro, you look at, like, the, the video that TBT made us. It just has Andy and all you guys just going fucking crazy. Like, Andy is as synonymous with Zip Up as anyone. Is – can Andy – Andy, and, of course, it's up to you at the end of the day. Can he be the mascot? His aunt was the blob. Can Andy, as himself, be Zip Him Up's mascot? It is in the genes. I think it would – I think it'd be an oversight if he wasn't at this point. Dude, I want to tweet that off the zip up account so bad. Our new official mascot is at Andy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should low key spend like just a thousand bucks and just invest in like a professional mascot suit. I don't know what it would look like. A big zipper. Just a stuff, yeah, maybe like a zipper. big zipper with like a goofy face on it. And just throw Andy in it. Because then you can stand up during game. Is that, yeah, that, no, that, that our problem is solved at that point. No one's gonna get on you for standing up in games. Like that's I the think, mascot. Hey, anything, can't tell the mascot for, to sit down. This is good for everyone, to be honest. It's good for the ushers, it's good for Andy, like that, so much less stress for everyone. It was so funny because I would I would love like coming over. It's like I was trying to like be locked into the games because I'm on the bench, so I don't want to be too fucking crazy. But I loved every time I get to come over and talk to you guys. Take a big chug of White Claw, and and every time I'd come over, I'd be I like, hey, Liam was doing that. and he's like, I can't stand up, and I'm like, I'm literally giving you permission to stand up. He's like, No, I can't. Just every fucking time he's been bitching about the fucking ushers, every single fucking time he bitched about the ushers. But that is wild though. Like it's not a fucking theater performance. It's a fucking basketball game. Like we're literally not allowed to stand up. Like literally. Like what the fuck are we doing? Before the third game, I, I shit you not. Before the third, before the Florida TNT game, we I sit down fifteen minutes before the game, forty five seconds into me sitting down. So like you guys are they're, they're not even warming up yet, and they come up to me and said, and and they come up to me and say, you can't be on the floor here. Like that 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 caution tape, you have to stay behind that. <laughs> like what? Just put me in a fucking cage. What? Dude, that would actually be really funny. We should low key put Andy in the cage. Like, oh, that's a, a pretty good. That's a pretty good idea for real. Just put him in a fucking cage and let him go fucking ape shit. Just bring him beer. We'll just pass him beers through the cage. Put like a little, put like a, the, put the beer in like one of those little hamster water bottles. <laughs> okay, I fucking love this idea. First of all, that's actually a really good fucking idea. Another great moment that I just remembered, um, one of the first two games, Andy goes to take a bathroom break or get another beer or something and missed a, a good chunk of the game. Like, I'm talking like five minutes of the game yeah. time. And he's walking down the stairs, and there was a, a questionable call. I don't remember what happened, but whole arena's booing, and Andy doesn't even know what's going on. I just <laughs> see him, like, with a smirk on his face. I'm like, Andy, just start booing. And he loses his mind with no concept of what's going on. Just boo! Just throwing his hands that's up, like what the hell? As if he was like watching every second. 
that's my boy. It was like it, like one of those old sitcoms that have like the things that say like applause, laugh, whatever. It's like a just sign a laugh goes track. off, just boo, and he just goes in. <laughs> this guy's fucking crazy. Oh, you're the real MVP, man. You're the hero we don't deserve, but we need. God, dude, and you are just it's a, such it's a, a true honor. Dude, and that's what I love about Zip Em Up is like it puts us at the very forefront of everything because like in reality, like for Xavier games, it's like, we have to buy seats up in the fucking bleachers. Like we're up in the fucking nosebleed. I start doing that anyway. And we're still loud and obnoxious. Don't get me wrong. But at zip them up stuff, you can't hide us. You know what I mean? Like you cannot stifle us. Like you're on the freaking floor. You are dead center. It's like the NIT. It's like, we were right there. Like, you know, our presence is there. You know what I mean? We're not just one of 10,000. We are one of, 4,000. We're the loudest motherfuckers in that whole bitch by a mile. <laughs> so it's just so funny that, like, that's us. You know what I mean? I love just seeing it happen. It, it brings so much joy to me just to see you guys go fucking crazy. And to see everyone have to acknowledge it. And to look up on their Jumbotron every five segments, and it's all of you guys. Andy going crazy. Like, oh, I just fucking love it, dude. It's just, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful scene. I feel like Thanos, like, when he's, like, looking at the sunset. I'm just it's proud, man. Just you love to see it. I mean, we did our job. Like CapEx at this point has done his job. Like we made all this shit happen out of fucking nothing. A burner account. Like literally a burner account. I mean, we saw a TBT tweeted. Like it started with a fucking tweet. And we did all this crazy bullshit. And then, you know, Andy, I'm signing Andy's titty on ESPN. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck's even what this simulation has gotta be the wildest one. It's you awesome. You seriously can't make this shit up. And then uh, um, I love it. Then I, I honestly one of the biggest flexes I've ever I've seen in the like. So one of the biggest accomplishments by someone that is a very good friend of ours, um, Ahmad. He was in Marcus Keene's head all all day, and Marcus Keene was dropping thirty. Who Mar- might be the most well known player in all of TBT? Yeah, like, like he, he is about as much as anyone. That, and like and Mar- Marcus Keene's going off. Like he is. Balling, and he's still only thinking about Ahmad. Like he is balling to like yeah. for Ahmad. He's to the point three where it, look over at Ahmad. <laughs> to the point where it happened in the post game too. Yeah, it, like post game, like, yeah. uh, like he finds him on Instagram, and uh, Marcus Keen messages messages him and says, "LMAO, you goofy, bro." <laughs> yeah, it's and, then, and, then, and then he after, responded with a voice memo, <laughs> so it couldn't be saved or whatever. Yeah. And then, like after after like we lost, Marcus Keen messages Ahmad. Right. Like, like it was still in his head. That's days later. Like, get, uh, literally like, a full day later, he's still in his head. I can get in the moment, like you get caught up in a competitive situation, whatever. But it's been a whole fucking day, and you're still fucking going at some fan. Like, bro, are you? You're a fucking goofball, bro. Yeah. So that's hilarious. Like Ahmad sent me like a four minute voice message. The next day, he's like, yo, me and Marcus Keene were going at it on Instagram for, like, hours that night. <laughs> it was, it like, was just great yeah. because I'm – at this point, I was um, sitting right next to Ahmad, and Keene gets fouled or whatever, and he's on the ground stands up. And all Ahmad said was, like, you know, that was no foul. And Marcus yeah. just looks up and says, yeah, it was. And then um, Ahmad said, like, oh, is your ankle still hurting or do you need help tying your shoe? And 
Keen looked down at his shoe to see if it was actually untied and it wasn't untied. He's like, what? <laughs> then they just start jawing at each other. I don't even remember what they were saying. Just, I mean, basic, like, banter or whatever. Not and then joke. <laughs> Keen's like, anytime he made a big play, he'd look over at Ahmad. And anytime, I, I'd also look at Ahmad and Ahmad would just have no reaction and very stoic. But then at halftime, going into the locker room, Keen, it was too far away to really hear what he was saying. It was something like, now watch me go win this game or something, looking yeah. right at Ahmad and pointing at him. And then, of course, zip him up wins, and Keen went into the locker room the other way. So yeah. he wouldn't have to walk <laughs> the opposite way. <laughs> I think that's what Ahmad initially said. The DM is like, oh, you're too much of a punk to, like, walk to your actual locker yeah. room. Yeah. Direction. And then Keen said something like, y'all can't fuck with me or some bullshit like that. But that shit's just hilarious. Like, one of our own, like, got into it with fucking Marcus Keene. Like, on – not even – not only during the game. He was targeting. It's kind of like – you've seen Reggie Miller documentary? Like, yeah. He's going at Spike Lee the whole game. That was literally Marcus Keene in the mob. Like, every single made bucket, I would see him look over. I was like, wait, what? I didn't know what was going on, but I knew that he was, like, targeting you guys. That's just fucking crazy. Like, that, that's honestly awesome. like, – that, that is just a legendary moment for Ahmad. Our, legendary. Our, like, that's our Marcus boy. Marcus legend like oh, yeah. he is probably scoring points as tbt is fucking anyone i mean he gets like he is literally one of their like go-to like people yeah that was crazy god it felt so good beating sideline man like <laughs> all right so you, you want to like, kind of start like breaking down the games i would love to i would love to yeah. so <laughs> actually so, talking so about basketball one, so game one okay so let's break it down we'll actually talk about actual stuff that happened other than our bullshit so game one, I almost forgot this team's fucking name, Sweet Home Alabama. Like, so I remember like last year I was tweeting about something and it was like, there's this Charles Barkley, like dream team clip where he's like, I don't know much about whatever country they're going to play, but they're in trouble. That's what I thought about Sweet Home Alabama. Like, I don't know much about those guys, but they're in fucking trouble. So we beat the fucking doors off this fucking team, just like last year. So my first takeaway was, you know, we, we built a little like early lead, but you know, when you're down there, though, and you're so invested, no lead feels like enough. Um, so it felt like it was still in the balance a little bit. But once the Kaiser dunks just started happening, I was like, holy fuck, this team is dead. Like, Kaiser was just on a fucking mission. Like, like they were zipped at that, like, the, the putback dunk, the putback dunk. They like, were that, that, they were zipped at that point. And it just kept, and then we just kept. Stomping oh, on the b- body bag God. and stomping on the body bag like, repeatedly. Dude, <laughs> Robbie Hummel had a fucking orgasm on live television. Have you heard that clip? No. Robbie Hummel, like, so when Kaiser put that dunk back, Robbie Hummel sounded like he had an orgasm's orgasm. Wow. Like, he literally, he he, he needed new shorts on live television. Can't do that. Like, he went Gus Same. He definitely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> So, and, like, that was what was really cool was, like, we didn't have Kaiser last year, obviously, and just seeing what he actually could do, like, because we knew that he could do all that shit, but seeing it actually happen was really fucking cool. Uh, he, he was a huge part and a huge addition, and obviously he wasn't shooting the ball all that well, but one thing that was, that's the big reason I was really excited is that we're going to see a different Kaiser than, than that we saw at Xavier, and we absolutely did. We saw one that was going to be more aggressive and that can go over someone and through someone rather than try to then camp out by the three-point line. So, Definitely. like, he was an absolute man the entire Dude, tournament. Dog. And you just cannot let him get behind the defense. Like, like Randy Moss. It's like, 
he got behind the defense like for half a second. It's just D just throwing a no look lob for just like oh, and then I'm just like I just turn around again. It's just Kaiser in the air just flushing some shit. Like what the fuck? When I saw when I saw him like running the route and like uh, and oh, D kind of like um shifted over toward the okay. wing and I, yep. I saw I saw the I saw the lob and I saw Kaiser floating. I'm like oh my god, this is happening. It all like started going slow mo. I think I started dying and oh, needing my mother. It was beautiful. And Kaiser was the beneficiary, but like that D no look is freaking beautiful. D was actually really good. Uh, uh, yeah, and D was another one. He like he didn't shoot the ball that great, but the, having a pass first point guard with with his yep. type of handles and just a game manager out there exactly. that was huge for this team. Like that's what you always want in your backup point guard. And exactly. like we had two of the best point guards in the tournament. Like exactly. obviously, um, we, we talked just what Marcus talked about Marcus Keene, who's yep. definitely like top two. Um, but having a one-two point guard punch of Samaje Christian and D Davis, yeah, beat that. Uh, like that that that's a duo right there. That is it. You at all you times we have, a, and we have a great point guard on the floor at all times. Exactly. I thought D was fantastic. I think in, I think against sideline cancer, Samaje and D had twelve assists and zero turnovers. Like they were absolutely fantastic. Nice. I mean, D D played his role perfectly, and and that's one thing that's I exactly really needed about from him. D. That's what I appreciate about D. And like same with Riley. Like I thought Riley was great. Right, like Riley had a huge like he he did not play well. He did not shoot well in the first game at all. Right, but I mean we didn't need him to. But when we did need him to, like he had he what thirteen he went, in, in against sideline he went, two he went massive three four. threes, three or four from three. That uh, oh yeah uh, yes yeah, he had yeah that's right he had three threes and then and. Each one of them came at a very much needed time. He was great, dude. He was so low ego, so chill. He took no, and he and in the games he took no bad shots. I mean, and we knew that he's an elite shooter. Like yeah. he might have been one of the. He probably should have been the three point contest. Like he was one of the best shooters in the whole tournament. Like just him in practice, he was our best shooter, no question. Um, and we had a bunch of good shooters. That's including Trey, Nate Johnson, Kaiser Gates, mm-hmm. like a bunch of really really good shooters. Riley is like a professionally great shooter. He is phenomenal. Um, I think he played with the Pelicans G League last year. Like Riley could play, um, but he was really, really good. And I thought that they. So let's break down MVPs real quick. I thought the MVP was no question, Samaje Christian. Oh yeah, and I think it's very right behind him is Karim Cantor. Yeah, so, like Samaje, and this is a guy that uh, after last year, like, do we even want him on the team again? Like, with, with not wrong, Samaje was kind of shot us out of the. He was low-key disappointment last year, yeah, and like, I'm not saying he played bad. But he just – it didn't fit. And Last year, he played dumb. Like, he, he played – like, he just he – he was our point guard. He kind of played like he needed to score every bucket when he just simply didn't. Like, he was taking fadeaways from, from the elbow when you have Trayvon Blewett on the wing wide open. That, that's what right. he was doing last – this year, he was – like, he had a completely different mindset. He came in uh, with, I have scores all around me. And I, he came in with, if an open shot's there, he's going to take it and he's going to hit it. But he also came in with the – uh, mindset that I just didn't move the ball around, and we're gonna get. We have five great scores on the on the floor. It's not just him, and that opened everything up for him. And when the, the opportunity came and he got hot, he took it. Like he he had Samaje take over I mean, time, thought- and he played that. And when we needed when we needed someone to take over and get buckets, he got that bucket. Always, I, I thought he was as consistent a piece as we possibly had when you needed a bucket. And that's the thing about TBT is it's like it's a bunch of guys who maybe are like D2 players or whatever. And you have Samaje who's a thoroughbred. Like he's a six foot two, six foot three, 
physical i mean he was almost a five-star recruit for a reason you know what i mean like he is a physical monster and you could just tell he was just bullying those guards because like every guard that we played against was like a small like they can get buckets and they can score and they know how to play the game but they're like five foot five foot nine five foot ten like like when we were playing marcus keen like the whole game plan was just bully marcus keen like whoever's guard whoever has marcus keen on him just bully him and i thought samaja just bullied those little guards like and it was in the paint or just getting easy mid-range pull-ups, which he's definitely been working on that shot. Because his mid-range pull-up game was disgusting. I, I He might have missed, like, two of them, and he shot, like, ten. Like, he shot a fuck ton of those shots, and they went in every fucking time. He was as consistent as we could have fucking asked for. He was just absolutely amazing the whole time. He was incredible. Especially when you lose when you lose a guy like Mark Lyons, like, who, who's going to be another um, main ball handler. Like, which that- is an interesting dynamic. Do we think that losing Mark – helps Samaje. I think it absolutely did because Samaje is not natural off the ball. I think Samaje is way better with the ball in his hands. And I, and, and like, I, I was honestly like heartbroken when Mark, when Mark was able to make it. He was my favorite player from last year. I thought he was like the heartbeat of our team. He played great, obviously. And, uh, and he's the, like, he's the, um, the, he invented zip, zip him up. Like, yeah. That, like, he is zip literally him up does like, not exist without Mark Lyons. Exactly. Like he's one of the founders of it. Like it's he, it's he and two, you know what I mean? So, um, so missing Mark sucked. And then too, it's like, you know, Mark's getting a little older. He's probably like 33, 34. So I know Mark's day is coming to an end at some point. He's probably got a few years left. So I was like, fuck, you know, like, and I thought Mark was like one of our centerpieces, you know what I mean? Um, but I think that having Samashe like in the wings is such a luxury because it's like, we, we didn't even have one of our best players. Like, I think Mark Lyons is, you know, I, I remember the inside TBT guys were making like a graphic for us or something, and they were like, "Hey, who do you want on the graphic? Like, who do you think your best players are?" I was like, "I think it's Trey, and then probably Mark and JP." Um, and he's like, "Okay, so who are your best three players, or who, who are your best two players?" I'm like, I can't pick two to be honest. Like, I think that Mark is that good. Um, so missing him, it, you wouldn't even have fucking known you're missing one of our best players. You know I mean? Nope, we wouldn't have known. <laughs> we wouldn't have known. We will never know. And. <laughs> So for all the all you people at home that are watching, obviously, uh, Cap kind of just like disappeared mid sentence. So I guess we legitimately I'm never will this know. Has died. We never will know. Which brings us to a point in the podcast where we can talk about pink penguins. So yeah, like I was saying, we were missing one of our best players, like Mark Lyons. Honestly, I think he was the heartbeat of our team last year. And missing Mark Lyons, you would have never known we were missing one of our best players. Like Samaje picked up so well, and like and there's there's a, a different type of flow with this team. Like yep. that that ball was moving around. Like there was no agenda. I mean, yeah, there, there were a few bad shots that were taken. I mean, I mean we don't need uh, many yeah. JP transition pull up threes. One of nine against sideline. The one was the Elam three. <laughs> hey, they just, just keep shooting. They just keep the shooting. I love it. The one was all. The one was all that mattered. One real quick uh, thing about Samaje. I didn't realize this looking at it right now. These are um, TBT stats updated as of today. And um, in just three games, he had 23 assists, which is second in all of TBT. And that includes, obviously, there's still one game left. But that's um, currently number seven. Currently second in all of TBT. Yeah. It's Samaje? Yeah. That is incredible. We played three games. These currently have played five. He's only one behind Scoochie from Red Scare. So 
Yeah, he had 23. He was incredible. Gucci has 24. Samaje was literally that dude. And it was really cool to see him get his moment because he he really did do a good job of like like kind of stepping back last year because we know who Samaje is. Like we know Samaje is as good of a point guard as Davis really ever had. You know, he's one of the best recruits we've ever had. And he kind of took a back seat to Mark last year, to be completely honest. Like Mark was the guy. I mean, I feel like Samaje did a really good job of like playing his role to the best of his ability. But it was really cool to see Samaje shine because he's he's still fucking incredible there's a reason he was, he was in the fucking nba like so i'm really happy for samaje that he got his shine and and we, um, we can finally we finally got to see what he could truly do with people around him exactly. like when like the, the situation what it should have been when he was at xavier was him being the ball dominant point guard that the scoring guard that he is but yep. also have support around him like yep. when you surround him with shooters like trey jp riley lachance bj raymond and that then Unstoppable. Like, like he break he breaks down that he breaks down the he can beat anybody one on one. He can beat just about yeah. anybody, especially in this tournament, one on one. And we had little guards the entire tournament. And, and and so and once he beat once he breaks them down, you got Karim Cantor on down low or for him to dish down to or which we need Trey to talk JP about on the on the wing. Like Karim was a fuck, but you're right. We got to see the some supporting RJ. cast, we finally got to see it. We got to see Samaje at his best, which was around surrounded by shooters, like on a really, really good team and a ball dominant guard. He was absolutely phenomenal. I thought Samaje, like this was some of the best Samaje Christian I've ever seen my entire life. Um, and Karam was that fucking dude. Karam brought his fucking lunch pail, dude. Karam was incredible. If it's not, it's Samaje, like tier A, like 1A and 1B uh, is for MVPs for the team. Karam, I think in game two against sideline, he had 21 and 11. Like he was, he was that dude. Especially, and he had some big threes. Like, cause uh, he did. in in the sideline game, like we really didn't start off by shooting the ball all that well. No, like, we not were not. We were not. I don't think we the, shot well hit, off the whole tournament. Yeah, we we really did. A, a team that was like is known for shooting. We, we won have Nate by Johnson and Riley and JP yeah. and Trey. We did not shoot very well at all. Like we and we won by getting the ball inside and mm-hmm. getting second chance points. Like, and that's and not we, what Karen is known for. It, it, you know, going to the tournament, I'll be completely transparent. Like, my worry was rebounding. I was like, if we have one big issue, it's our toughness and rebounding. And I thought Karen did everything he could have. That, that, that's you know why I, I mean? figured it was going to be a big, uh, like a big miss. I mean, we're going to be missing out by not having Sean this year. That, like that, that was that's that was a big drop off we were going to have uh, not having him because he was a dog on the boards. But mm-hmm. Karen absolutely stepped up. When we needed it most, he absolutely stepped up. He he did his he did his job. Uh, Aram was a fucking man. You got to give he kept us in that game against Florida TNT. Like, yep, he was a big reason that we were able to even have a like have a lead. Is him dominating the boards down there? He was great, and and that big was one of the most physical bigs in all in the whole tournament. And Karam did his thing. I mean, Karam proved he held his ground. He's a pro big. Karam was a pro big for sure. He's definitely a pro. Um. And then two, um, I forget what I was going with this. Oh, yeah, the most Rick Carter move of all time. <laughs> like, the number one thing we did against sideline was go at Mike Dom. The first play, they throw it to Karam, one-on-one against Mike Dom. Karam gets a bucket. Like, their best player, who's also a good defender. Like, what do we do? We isolate Mike Dom. The most Rick Carter move of all time. I love him, dude. Rick is wild. 
Like it's fucking wild. I think I think so, the best the best coaching movie he did was against Florida T and team when he just brings beautiful. in BJ Raymond to uh to electrify the crowd. Hit a three, <laughs> get the vibes up, and then just get the fuck out. Get, they, they get the fuck back on the bench. <laughs> exactly. That was actually beautiful coaching. That was a master class in coaching. Because like we were like we were like I was I was putting the cage and like the energy was kind of down. Uh and like so like and it's we're all kind of just like standing like we don't know what to do. Like yeah. there's like there's nothing it was quiet in that building. It was yep. like it, it felt like a fucking graveyard for for a second. Then he Duff. brings in BJ Raymond. Okay, we're I don't we're know back. what's going on here, but we are we're, the energy's back. Energy's back. Then he hits He's a three. A <laughs> <laughs> It's a massive three. We just go berserk and BJ m- momentum can shifted get immediately. We're back. <laughs> BJ, man. Me to so BJ we, we break there. down. We're going game by game. So we talked about all the Kaiser dunks. The BJ Raymond three in game one. The we want BJ chant. BJ comes up and starts stretching, which is great. I was like, that's amazing. I thought that was all we were going to get. Coach actually puts him in. And the first time BJ touches the ball, he just yaks. I mean, he's five feet behind the three-point line, fadeaway three, nothing but bottoms. And the place goes fucking nuts. That was, dude, like, literally, like. That would have been the time I, I jumped on the scorer's table. That would have been it. I had, I had tingles, man. Like, I was just like, that is fucking dope. That was so cool. Like, I love, if you've seen Paul Frischner's video, he's on the opposite side. So he's, like, on, like, mm-hmm. the tunnel we came out. Like that video where you see the whole crowd just go crazy. It was such a cool scene. Like then his run off was like pointing to everybody, like pointing to the bench. Yeah, and everything. exactly, dude. BJ Raymond's thirty-five years old, and he's playing on the same team as Nate Johnson, JP McCura, Trayvon Blewett. Just getting getting to see another BJ three in Centos was so fucking cool. Um, because he's way past. Play like normal playing age, and he played. He played overseas this actually this last year. Scored like 10, 10 points a game. Where he can still play for sure, but like that was crazy. Like seeing that and seeing how much the fans loved him, and just seeing the place erupt was the coolest thing. I, you know that was that was worth the price of admission right there. Oh, and after yeah, after game one too, like yeah, he had like the biggest smile on his face, signing autographs and mm-hmm. stuff. And, of course, other players were, too, and high-fiving everybody, dapping people up. And I'm kind of, like, standing off to the – behind the scores table a little bit, kind of just observing because, I don't know, something about, like, grown-ass men covered in sweat wanting to, yep. like, high-five you. I'm really, like, <laughs> not into that. I usually just not a good game. I agree. I agree. And so, usually I'm, like, I'm cool with it, whatever. And – um he was like high-fiving everybody and he leaned in like reached towards me to give me a high five even though like I think my hands were in my pockets my oh yeah good game and like it you you could tell like he was just a lot living it yeah BJ was the man dude like the entire time BJ was like Mark Lyons from last year so Mark Lyons was like always our like our communal voice like he was always the one that was just like Whenever shit was down, he's like, nah, he's like, we're, no, we're going to boss the shit out. Like, we got this shit, whatever. BJ was like our steadying voice the whole time. And like, I remember after we won game one, BJ made a tradition. He was like, we were all walking back to the locker room. BJ's like, nah. He's like, fuck that. He's like, we're all going to walk around the whole arena and high five all these fans for coming out. And so BJ started that shit. So like, and then like JP and Trey and all those guys did the same thing and Samaj and them. So it was really, really cool. Like, BJ is a genuinely great dude. 
um, it was just really cool to see that. Like JP, like BJ genuinely cared a lot about the fans. And like after the game, like everyone's, he's like, no, nah. he's like, we're not walking back to the locker room. He's like, we're going to high five all these, all these fans. Let's do a lap around the arena. And he got into it. And then seeing him bring sister. So let's talk about game two. We, we can get a huge win. That's an upset win beating sideline cancer. I mean, they were the two seed. We were the three seed. They could have been a one seed in any other region. And, and what, come. what the Zoom the TBT guys said was they were basically like Florida TNT and Silent Camps were 1A and 1B in this region. Exactly. Like they, they, exactly. It, it was a split down the middle. They couldn't figure out which one to make the one seed. Exactly. And Sideline chose to come here. They could have gone to any other region and gotten a one seed. And they chose to come here. And so what's that get you? A date with us. And it's like, I just wanted them to regret that decision so much. Obviously, there was Mike Dom shit behind the scenes. And I was just like, you guys chose to come here. You have a date with us. This is what you chose. You could have been a one seed in any other region and gotten uh, an eight seed and then a four or five game and probably an easy advance to Sweet 16. And I was like, we're going to make you regret that decision. And they hopefully regret that decision upcoming year because we made their lives fucking hell. Kaiser Gates did his part against Mike Dom. Kaiser Gates was the perfect guard for Mike Dom. A long, athletic – like, literally, if it's not Kaiser Gates, who is it? I don't know who fucking guards Mike Dom. It's not Kaiser Gates. No, uh, that, that's like, why that's why getting Kaiser back into the back into the building into this uniform was a huge key. He was. It was very huge. very important. He was huge. Kaiser was incredible, and, and like if it's not Samaje or Karim, it's probably Kaiser. To be honest, Kaiser was great in all facets of the game. Um, so it was just really cool to see that game play out. Obviously, JP makes the game ender. And he and fucking Karim, like, do the fucking put him uh, to sleep, to sleep gesture. <laughs> put him to sleep, um, which was hilarious. And then BJ brings out Sister Rose, who was all the way up there. She was, like, in one of the box seats or something. And so we're, like, BJ got the bracket tag, which is one of the coolest pictures I've ever seen, by the way. BJ putting the bracket tag on the freaking, the first game. That's pretty sweet. It's so cool. Such a cool picture. And so we're wrapping up the first game. BJ does the lap around again, and we're getting ready to put the uh, the bracket tag on. And he's like, "No, no, no!" He's like, "It's not time." He's like, "He's like, we need a moment." And he's like, "Sister!" And then he and CJ pretty much carry Sister Rose <laughs> all the way down to the bracket tag, and Sister Rose slaps it on. Just such a cool thing, and it, I think it just shows how much like BJ and CJ like love the brand and care about the, like care about the entire program. And it was just really cool to see that shit. And as a fan, like a lifelong fan, it was really cool to see that, like, you know, actually unfold, like actually unfold. It was really, really cool. Yeah, and, and seeing all these, like seeing all the former players that just, they still have so much love for this program and they want to give back to it. And something like this, give us Christmas in July. And mm-hmm. like, and they're, they're all about there. There's that you don't, you will not find a more passionate, uh, you will not find a more passionate coach than, CJ Anderson, wheeze. Yeah. You will not do it. You will not find yeah, another one. Into it he get, he, he, like, he is a fan out there. Like, he, he gets into it like he's playing in the fucking games, dude. Yeah. I mean, he went chest to chest with somebody. I think it, yeah, it's, yeah, it was either the Florida game or South. He went chest to chest. It was Florida TNT. That's what I thought. Dude jumped on the scorer's table and CJ gave him a little shoulder to the chest a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I love CJ. CJ is definitely dude cares. He cares. He, he says what we're all thinking. <laughs> he says exactly most, what we're all. Thinking. He's the most candid guy out there. I love he, him. He, he's fantastic. 
we got to mic him up. And it's not going to be – you got to get the bleep button ready. But CJ – but here's the thing that, that kind of sucks is it's like like we're behind the scenes, but like CJ is saying what everyone's literally thinking. Who cares if he's cussing? Like who gives a yeah. shit? Like we're cussing in our heads too. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like get the bleep button ready. But he's just being authentic, man. Like he's just being real. And I, I, that's 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 the best part about him. Like you will, you uh, you know he's not bullshit. Yeah. If you're no. fucking up, your then he'll, he'll fucking tell you. <laughs> Absolutely. I love him. bringing the mask. Yeah, that, <laughs> that mask. It was is really fantastic. cool hearing hearing your name come out of CJ Anderson's mouth. He was like, "Yo, he's like, where's Coop led for that?" <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Where's Coop at?" That's great. We've got CJ on the podcast, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. I thought so. Um, sorry, I'm pretty drunk right now. And he's like, yo, we're Coop. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> CJ Anderson is talking about my friend too. This is wild. He's like, yo, he's like, when it's game time, he's like, you gotta give me that mask. I'm like, I got you. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> so it'd be like four minutes left, but Elon just started. I'm like, Coop, I'm like, run over to Coop. Like, I need that shit. Uh, like, Coop, and Coop gave it to me. I'm like, fuck, I don't know where it is. <laughs> I'm not ready to hold this shit. Yeah. <laughs> And put it on, and then people got scared. Yeah. See, I, I put it on, and then I'm like, I just spent so much time painting my face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, I will say there was one game where Andy was livid, um, which actually was probably all three games. But I'd never seen someone's face turn red out of anger that I could see through the white face paint. Like, you could, his face was completely white. And I could still see that his face had turned red. Oh, my God. Science can't explain how that happens. It was like the paint was breaking through, like, boiling wow. off of his face. He was so angry. About what? I don't know. Probably a, a blown It wasn't the sideline game? It was, it was definitely the sideline game. Yeah, I don't it had nothing to do with basketball. Exactly. Had literally <laughs> nothing to do with basketball. Okay, then. Do you want, do you want to tell us what it had to do with uh, okay, so probably about it. I, I'm can I make a wild guess? Yeah, I'm gonna guess. This is gonna be a crazy guess. This is gonna catch the me off guard. I'm gonna guess. Was, <laughs> I'm gonna guess was about a female. Yes, a um, woman with with a vagine is my yes, guess. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, this, uh, like, uh, people people know I'm in a fucked up situation. <laughs> People know I'm. In, I'm people know I'm in a real fucked up situation, and uh, about this girl I've been in love with for ten years, and um, and she called me like during the game, like and like so we're three points away from the Elam ending. I answer the call, and then uh, so I'm talking to her like uh, like explain what's going on. We're like we're like we're three points away. We just need one three, or um, we just need three more points, and we win, and we win this game. We're gonna go fucking crazy, and then. Leah, of all people, so another female, uh, so this kind of pissed her off, uh, like just takes the phone and says, okay, time to go, bye, and hangs up on her. And I was livid. (laughs) I was so fucking pissed. It sounds like it was time to go, though. I mean, I, I I guess it was. Yeah, so then I mean, if your girl doesn't understand at least yeah that 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 was there was no audio there were you were you mad at leah or were you mad at i think i was was big muted i mean here's the thing though andy here's my perspective on this here where you're coming from 
But if your girl doesn't understand that it's Elam time or three points away, I mean, there's just not a worse time in the world to talk to right now. Can it wait 20 minutes is what I would ask. <laughs> That's like, you know what I mean? Like, we men do so much for yeah, women. No, like, uh, we yeah. cater to all their shit. Like, oh, it's not a good time. It's this, it's that, whatever. It's Elam time. It's kill time. We're about to zip these motherfuckers up. We have, we have, we're three points away from zipping these bitches up. I was, full, I, I was fully, like, I was fully invested into the game. I bet like, you I was, like, I was, like, but like mid mid set, I, I was explaining that. what's going on. Then then we had there was a bad out of bounds call. And I just go fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. I love you. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, um, but all all that shit, all that good shit got figured out. We're all it's all good. <laughs> but in the moment, I was here. pissed. And, I think we've created some. Priceless memories, though, from TBT to um, the NIT a few months ago. I think just the memories have been yep. outstanding. Like, I think it passes normal games. You know what I mean? Just because we're, like, more – we're closer. We have better seats that we should not involved. have the privilege of sitting in or standing in. Um, yeah, more involved, especially you, Cap. But I don't know. It's It's been – it's been cool. Yeah, it's special, man. It's really, just, it's just really cool seeing all the homies. It's like, so our friend group is still relatively new, but it's just really cool, just like seeing all the homies, just like get to like have like pretty much courtside seats and just soak up the moment and seeing it like bring a lot of joy to you guys. Like, really, like you know, was really cool for me. So it's just, it's just cool. Like, and I don't know, if, I don't know if it ever happens again. To be honest, like it went well, like TBT at Centos, but. Like, I don't know if this ever happens again. This is a privilege, you know? So right. just to see it happen one time and to see the memories like that it made was, I think my favorite moment. So we talked about games. My favorite moment was probably that night at Dana's. The night one. at Dana's was so fucking cool. The one where all the players were there and like oh, all, the, yeah, all the current and all the, dude, everyone came out. I've never seen Dana's even close to that. It was that pumping. Was After the Crosstown collapse. Yeah. Uh, and that was like uh, our, our friend Lester. That was his first time ever at Dana's. So it can only go down from there. <laughs> first time at yeah. Dana's, he's like just taking shots with JT Makira. <laughs> that was so dope. Like it was just cool to see the like soak that up because like you never really know how much they're gonna be into it or how many players are actually gonna come out. Like, but they really, really invested. I mean, they were all there for hours. Like, and then the current team was there. Like, you know, we're taking shots with Zachary. like dude shit was just crazy like and it was just like you just look around and it's just like a bunch of us like six feet nothing people and then just cj six foot six like matt stainbrook six foot ten like you just look around it's just like players you can just see like them just towering over everybody you see just like 15 just like you know extra humans you know what i mean like it's just like this is crazy bro like we have colby jones trayvon blewett J.P. McCura, C.J. Anderson, B.J. Raymond, Zach Fremantle. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, that was a ridiculous scene. It was so much fucking fun. And a, a little – a quick story about – uh, you brought up Colby Jones. So, about the Crosstown collab. Uh, so, after the – like, dur- during the scrimmage and everything, uh, <laughs> and so the the regular teams, they, they did their thing beforehand, uh, and – 
Adam Kunkel, Colby Jones, and Jeremiah Davenport, just like they're they're walking along the, the sideline and everything. They just sit down in the front row, like right in front of uh, <laughs> right right in front of us, and they're they're just mm-hmm. enjoying. One dude, literally one UC fan, comes in like comes in is like you're in my seats. Like there <laughs> there are four open seats just right there, and but he, no, he's in like, he's like you're in my seats, and Kunkel he kicks him. kicks Kunkel. Colby Jones and Jeremiah Davenport out of it, out of those seats. Like, oh dude could have sat anywhere. That's ridiculous. I'm like, you fucking, like, you fucking asshole. Like, what you, like, like, you're a UC fan. You could have sat right next to Jeremiah Davenport, but no, you sent right. him all the way across the arena. arena. <laughs> I bet you he has a huge mask. He's got a hog. I guarantee he's got a fucking hog on him. Guaranteed. <laughs> it was just so cool. Yeah, so the whole experience was really cool. It's a lot of fucking work, and it was just really cool to see it pay off. And for this whole thing to end up like us playing at CentOS in July, and four thousand people show up, it was it was a cool scene. And like, and and it's one that we can't we can't really guarantee is going to happen again. I mean, it, I oh, no. don't see a reason that uh they 50, 50 take chance. And, <laughs> 50, 50, yep. And I I don't I don't see many reasons other than the 50-50 chance that it doesn't happen. Uh, I don't see any reason to take this regional away from this fan base. Like, it was very, very – well. Like, it, it was key to have – like, it was very, very good for the TBT to have the Xavier Regional and, like, to have that footage of those fans in their home – in their home environment just going crazy. Like, I think it's, I think it's great to have a Dayton and a Xavier Regional because the UD Arena was pretty electric this – uh, this week as well. Yeah. So very, very, like having a, a UD and a Xavier regional, it, it's, it's great for the, great for the TBT. And I, I think they'd be pretty stupid to take, take that away from us. Yeah, bro. And as much as like, it's people would say it's pandering, but like the fans made this shit, like the first game that we had at, at Columbus last year, like that's the reason that we played in Centos this year. Like yeah. that game made that shit. Like the fans fucking brought it. It was absolutely electric in that arena. And without that, bro, there's no way we're there. You know what I mean? Like that, that was the reason they wanted to come to come to Cintas. And uh, it, it's all, it's honestly all in the fans, man. Like without, without our fan base, without you guys being fucking crazy, there's no way this would have happened. And it was huge. It was huge. It was incredible. I mean, th- this was as cool of a moment that I've had as a Xavier fan my entire life. So, I mean, it was – and I hope – and I know a lot of people felt the same way. Like, and I don't want to overstate what it was, but um, but we got a lot of messages and a lot of tweets like, yo, this was the most fun I've had watching basketball in years. You know what I mean? Like, it was really, really cool to see that happen, see all the generations come together and see – it's just like such a celebration of Xavier basketball to see B.J. Raymond and Sister Rose. and Like, that's, that, that's, this, that's Xavier basketball. That's what this is. So, it was really fucking cool to see all that shit happen. Like, it it's dope. like – I, I never I don't think we'd ever I think I think Coop tweeted this uh um seeing um <laughs> Jay Raymond being coached by Paul Scruggs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Who could have exactly. who could have chalked that one up? It's just awesome, bro. Like seeing like JP and Weeds get into it at practice, like in a good way. Like there's competitively just like they getting into each other. Like it's just awesome. Like that's just what this thing's all about. So it's 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 really cool. And it started with just some Twitter bullshit. You know, and now we're here. So I think my uh, favorite it, thing. Um, I'll 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 say this real quick. Uh, I think my favorite thing. I was watching the um, broadcast from the Sweet Home Alabama game, 
and yeah. they asked Rick Carter, like, so, and that, uh, before, like, the tournament started, they asked Rick Carter why you should root for zip, why fans, a neutral fan should root for zip them up. And he goes, you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> you should, like, we're, like, we're bad guys. We're, 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 like, we, we have a bad, we have a bad boy mentality. We're going to come in and rough you up. We're going to talk, we're going to talk shit and, and we're going to zip you up. You shouldn't root for us. <laughs> Yo, I we're not it. likable. I- I gained so much respect, and I already respected Rick quite a bit, but like he worked his fucking ass off every single hour of the day for this tournament. He put in everything that you could possibly expect, um, and I love that. Like every single day, like like every before game time, we would get ready to head out to the floor. We get together, we do our little zip up shit. He'd be like, "All right, he's like, you know what we do around here? He's like, we talk shit, we have fun, and we zip them the fuck up. Like that was the coolest fucking shit." And it's like. And it was like at halftime after the Florida TNT game, fucking pissed. I think we were down like four or whatever. He took a can of Mountain Dew and slammed it on the ground to the point that it split in half. The fucking can split like it was in two pieces. Um, and he's like, you guys aren't talking shit. You guys are not having fun. This is not what we fucking do. And he was like actually like mad. But it was so funny what he was saying. <laughs> he was mad that they weren't talking shit. You're being too nice out I there. I love him. I love our. It's just so funny seeing JP with no leash. Like that's JP being told to do what JP does. Like in college, JP was still JP, but he was being reeled in all the fucking time. This is JP. Like, yo, go be yourself. <laughs> okay, I'll just take nine threes and miss eight of them. But he hit that one. Shouldn't but I got shoot, the baby. one. And then that night. <laughs> Like it's just such a beautiful thing, bro. Like just seeing me and Carol just run around the arena with the night night shit. I was just hyped as fuck. I, I th- and and during the uh, Sweet Home Alabama game when he got teed up, the here what he got teed up for was just fucking awesome. Like, this is oh, why you remember, I'm. Do you remember back in the day when like Rick would have like Rick Rowing would have like the J or like the Jalen Reynolds like tea counter? He'd be like, how many <laughs> is like our over under for teas has to be at like two point five. Like, we are guaranteed to get one or two technicals. It's like a literal guarantee. Rick or JP easily getting one by themselves. Easily. <laughs> and then there's going to be a random T from someone just talking shit. It's just a crazy group of people. I, like, just, I, I really wish I could have heard it. Heard JP look at the Sweet Home Alabama bench and say, this is why you're on the bench and I'm in the fucking game. <laughs> yeah. He got teed up for saying that. He looked at the bench. They were talking Jerry Jaw to him. He's like, there's a reason I'm in the game and you're on the fucking bench. T. He was like, facts. He's a fucking clown, dude. I love him. As much as he's a douche, I fucking love him. He's honestly a really, really douchey nice guy. He's a really, really good guy deep down. I love JP. I love, I love what he is, man. I remember year one. I, I get why people fucking hate him because he's a fucking douchebag. But he's honestly a good guy deep down. He is, he's great. And the energy that he brings, like, you don't have to do the shit. Like the, like, the players are not playing for, like, real money. I mean, if we win, we get big money. But that's one out of 64, you know? So, like, they're there because they, they love this shit and they, they give a fuck, you know? Um, and, and the way that he plays, putting his body on the line when you have, like, a real, like, contract, like, is, is really fucking cool. There's, there's a clear passion with this team, and that's one thing I just fucking love about it. And the fact that 
we had what one uh what we call grad transfer yeah like yep. we, had, we had one non xavier player yep i guess i guess uh davis is like uh was it named devis devin davis that didn't end up making it um he would have been one yep. but yeah it was just right of the chance we had 10 xavier alumni on this team exactly like that's that that was just fucking wild fucking awesome Dude, it was awesome. Like, this was a Xavier alumni team, like, through and through, you know? It really was. And I really – We try to limit the, the grad chances as much, as much as we can, but, like, this was this was a Xavier alumni team. We had one grad transfer who played, you know, a few minutes a game, but it was it was a Xavier alumni team. Uh, uh, let's keep doing it. Let's keep doing it, bro. And, and that's definitely Until the next summer. To keep building it, I hope this becomes a, a summer tradition. Like, I will always remember the Devereaux's days as, like, a staple of my childhood. I remember, like, all summer, like, me and my dad and my brother were talking about, when's Devereaux's? When's Devereaux's? Like, when do we get to go watch? You know, I remember my first exposure to Devereaux's, I was, like, a five, I was probably like five years old. And I remember I had, like, a little Xavier banner that my dad bought me, like, for Christmas or whatever. And I was just walking up, like, James Posey and Darnell Williams just shaking, like, nervous and fuck. You know what I mean? Like, that's the moments that we get to give to kids here. You know, is like those moments where kids get to go up and take pictures with JP, take pictures with Trey, and you know, be with all these fucking yeah. get their nipples signed by Captain you X. Get, get their nipples signed by Captain X. You can't be, you can't make a better memory than that. And so it's just really cool to have this be a thing and to have any impact on that is really fucking cool. And um, I hope it's just, it's a summer tradition for us. And wherever we end up playing next year, I know that Zip 'em Up will be back and back better than ever I, I think we're continuing to build the shit so um yeah rick is is very invested he's very invested i'm very invested obviously so um it's it's a fun thing it's a really fun thing to see like take like take its own life you know what i mean like take you know a life of its own for sure and i i'm ready for next year i'm already on my way to target to go buy more paint <laughs> and it's crazy because it's like and you know we're almost done here probably but like so like it's weird because like i'm like involved with it so like I don't ever, I don't feel right talking about it too much because, like, I don't know how big a deal it is being inside it. So, like, I'm there every fucking day. So, I'm like, I mean, I love being inside of things. If I underhyping it, like, what, like, you know what I mean? (laughs) We do love being inside of things. We actually, we do because it's rare for us, you know? Um, It's a big deal. (laughs) But it's, it's just really fucking cool. And I'm just glad that it brings joy to people. Because, bro, like, we started all this dumb bullshit. This is our bullshit. Like, because literally without us, this thing doesn't exist because the reason it started is because Cap had fucking pull and Cap had pull because of you guys. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's just all been this fucking cascading effect. It's just, it's fucking cool to see it all come to fruition because of our crazy fucking bullshit. It's the team of the D-Gents. We are the D-Gents team. You should not root for us. Rick Carter. (laughs) 